Let's make a club called the Pomegranate Club. I think it'd be good. We all have jackets. So why, why is that your favorite word? Yeah? Has a good solid P in there. Pomegranate. Pom mo granite. And like a solid like granite, it's like a nice kind of rock. That has a, almost every vowel in it. Pomegranate. You and is it spelled P O M A or O I think it's A. Is it A? Pomegranate? I think so. You know, you could replace that first A with a U. Or just pomegranate, it's a soft U. Mm. Yeah. Pomegranate. 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 Take my granite for me. I'm building this grand tower. This granite. Pomegranate tower. Pomegranate. Now it sounds dirty. Well, it doesn't have to sound dirty. It's just a word. Why is somebody palming my granite? Why is somebody palming my granite? That's my personal. It's a that's your granite. Anyways, uh, welcome to my pigsty, or sorry, my wax museum. This is just a pigsty right now. Um, so yeah, welcome, Eric Sullivan. Uh, we got that whole pomegranate conversation on record now. That's going to be how it opens. I hope that goes in a time capsule and like a thousand years from now, someone finds it. And they just think our race just had some weird obsession with pomegranates. Yeah. Or they just kind of wonder, this is where the, this is the beginning of the end of their apocalypse. Yeah, this is this is this is how it all started to end. It went downhill from here. And they started contemplating the word pomegranate. <laughs> That's when. It, <laughs> That's when it all started. That was the code word. It's over. Yeah, it's over. It's done. <laughs> we found the best word. There's nothing else to live for. No, I mean, it's pomegranate. It's pomegranate with a U. Mm. Soft U. Soft U. Gentle you. A gentle you even better. You know, and speaking of you and being gentle, you are gentle. Cool. You're a nice, nice, gentle guy. You're a good yeah. dude. There we go. So, so tell me, Eric, how uh, how we know each other. Do you, is there a time when you remember meeting me? Or yeah, any a first impression? Yeah. We were like at church, and you know, because we're we're so cool like this, we we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And what our, like, natural characters would be. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember this conversation. I, you... I was a gnome. Someone you were a gnome. said that to me once, and I've been a gnome ever since. Yeah, and we were, we had, we, we were talking about some, it was a critical role that people were talking about. Yeah. And how you had a Scanlan t-shirt or something. Do you have a Scanlan t-shirt? I think I have, yeah. You don't have it? Somebody else. Had a shirt that said Scanlan, and you guys were telling me who Scanlan was and stuff, yeah, and I was yeah. very confused, and I'm still kind of confused. I'm still a little confused by it all too. Um, but we, we were talking about what our race like, was. Yeah, if we were in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, what we would be. I'm pretty sure I just ended up being a human. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. Just a human. Yeah, I don't no think. No one has anything interesting. I don't think I had anything special about about uh about my character there's some people that you look at and you just say they're an elf they're a dwarf they're born to do yeah yeah but no i guess i'm just i'm just a human yeah what the humans are always the heroes let's be real here well i think i could almost be a hobbit i i think i could almost be a hobbit 
I'd need bigger feet. I don't have huge feet. I think I have, I think I have feet appropriate to my height. It's, I'm not like embarrassed when I put size, it like matches my body. Mm-hmm. But I think if I were to be a hobbit, I'd need bigger feet, mm -hmm. hairier feet. That's true. Although I'm proud of the hair I do have on my feet already. Mm -hmm. um, and, and a little, a little bit shorter, I think. Although I am, I'm about the height of most of the actors that played hobbits. played hobbits. So, yeah. You know, those movies, like the actual Hobbit trilogy, every short man loves those movies. And you know why? Not even about the action or the fact that they saved the day. No. The Hobbit steals Orlando Bloom's lady. That's why yeah. everybody loves it. Like, yeah, that could happen. That could that, happen. That could happen. See, at the same time, though, I think you're going to start a big war with people who are short and hate those movies. That's true. Could be. You know, you might be uh, judging just too quick. Just insinuating a whole there, there are just a bunch of short guys. No, I don't like that movie. Are you kidding? And what if those short guys aren't into tall women? That's true. Although elvish women, of yeah. course, are beautiful. Elvish men are beautiful. Like, let's be honest here. They're like the king in that movie, I was lost in his eyes. Stunning. So, stunning. He was a man's man. Yeah. Ah, oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so that's how we that's how we met each other. That's how we know each other. And we've even played in uh, a DM or a and d, &D we did. campaign yeah. together. We did. Uh, you sat on my shoulders most of the time. Yeah, we were, both, we were partners in that. Yeah, yeah. We and we won't we won't talk about my character. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, he fair. <laughs> he he came up when I had Shane Lethaby on the podcast, mm -hmm. and uh, he was an interesting character. Oh, he was a great character. He was plenty of fun, but he's gone off on his own adventure, and I'm pretty sure you went with him. Yeah. Because you were on my shoulders yeah. and I just left. Let's be real. It's like a backpack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I left the campaign because I'm moving and you just came I along. Just kind of, you know, I kind of fizzled out. Let's be real here. So, uh, so, so are you from Calgary originally? Born and raised. Born and raised. Where, where were you born? I was born in the foothills of Austin. Me too. Yeah. And you know what we say on my podcast? All the best people were born at the Foothills Hospital. That's true. Nah, come on. Nah, yeah. They're all right. I mean, they're still from Calgary. Yeah, but they're not. They're not. They're not Foothills Hospital material. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, so growing up here in Calgary, did you live in the north your whole life? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lived in. So originally, I actually lived in Greenwood Village, the trailer park. Okay. And, you know, a classy, classy was it, place. Was it a classy place or a sarcastically classy place? You know, in that, like, charming kind of redneck, white dress kind of classy. But you know what? It was, it was oddly homey. Yeah? Yeah. It was, everybody knew each other. Not, it was a nice place. It's a nice place. Yeah, my, my grandpa lived in a trailer park yeah. for a little bit. But... Everyone there was always very friendly, friendly but yeah. they were very quick to correct you that it wasn't a trailer park. It was a mobile yeah. home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These arms, you can't attach these to the back of your truck. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mobile home, yeah. not a trailer. And they were always very uh, iffy about that. My grandpa didn't care. He didn't yeah. care. He said, it's a trailer. He was, we called it a trailer. Yeah. Every time we went, yeah, it was a trailer. So you, you lived there for how long? Just a couple years, then just, moved to Bonas. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how many, how many siblings do you have and where do you fall in that? I'm the youngest of five. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're, uh, you're the baby. The baby. Do they treat you like the baby? A little bit. In, in what ways? Well, I'm not going to lie. There's like an age gap between me and most of my siblings. Like I have one sister who's fairly close, like about four and a half years. Yeah. But the rest are all significantly older. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just kind of they come over and it's kind of awkward because when I talk to my siblings, they're at a completely different stage of life. Yeah. So I don't really know what to talk to them about. But, you know, they've been through my stage of life, so they always know what to talk to me about. Yeah. That's interesting. And I'm assuming a lot of them have kids and stuff? Yeah, kids, homes, yeah. adulting. Doing, doing adult stuff. Yeah. Going head first into the adulting. Yeah, yeah. And so now that you're kind of getting into that phase, are you able to call on them for a little bit of advice? Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could. yeah. What was what was it like growing up when you were when you were younger and had these people significantly older than you kind of around and living around you? What was it like? I guess it was different. Mm-hmm. I mean, there weren't really. I had a lot of pop culture because I had two older sisters, mm-hmm. so you know, I, I knew all the members of the Backstreet Boys. And for some reason, yeah, they all followed pop culture really well. So even at like age five years old, knew exactly what was going on. Really? So can you can you tell me the members of the Backstreet Boys? Can oh, you still no, remember? I've forgotten them. You've forgotten them. I just them? remember what they looked like. There was a guy with a goatee. Yeah. And then there was uh, it was either Aaron or Nick Carter. I can't remember. Because then he had the little brother who came out a couple years later. Oh really? And just made trash music. Really? Yeah, I hated his stuff. That being said, it's not like, you know, his brother was much better, but he, for the time, that, like, cheesy 90s time, yeah, yeah. something about it. Were you, now you were born in 94? Is that right? 92. Okay, okay. So you're a little bit more in, in 90s culture than, than I ever was. Um, and did you, so growing up with, with your older siblings and having them teach you all of the the wisdom of the world that they have, <laughs> that they possessed. Did you look up to them much? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And what what sort of effect did that have on you? I don't know. I guess you sort of copy what they do. Yeah. Talk the way they talk. It actually kind of freaks me out when, like, my siblings or my, like, brothers are talking. Like, oh, no. I've picked up their speech patterns. Yeah, yeah. Like, you look like them, too, so, like... Where is my we're, identity? We're the same people. Oh no, we're interchangeable. Do you and did did you ever do anything to try and change that? To try and be your own man and do your own thing? I got into a lot more trouble than most of my siblings. I oh really? I was kind of every sibling has their kind of niche, what they were good at. Yeah. I, I was a good. I wasn't like a bad kid. I just you know, I like to have fun in school. Fun. What kind of? Well, okay. Define fun. What did you do? Oh, I did a lot of silly things in school. I remember once. You remember those hole punch machines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they fill up with all the paper. Yeah. So I like brought it up to the top of the stairwell, took a fan, and just dumped it in. So the whole hallway was filled with confetti. It was a good time. How old were you when you did that? What grade? Uh, twelve. Oh, okay. Not grade twelve. Sorry, oh, you're 12, twelve years old. old. So like grade six ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. 
And then I remember we had this giant fish tank in the library when I was in like ninth grade. Mm -hmm. And it used to freak people out that I could stick my hand in there and pet the fish. So one day I crawled in the tank. <laughs> you crawled, wait. You crawled into the fish tank? Well, I didn't put my legs in, just my torso. Like your head went under the head water. Went under, and I wanted all, and so the beauty was we had classes in the library. So I waited till like the teacher was in front, kids are behind, and then I snuck behind the teacher and climbed in, started blowing bubbles, roll class. It was great. What did they think? Oh, the class burst out laughing. Yeah, what did the teacher think? Teacher flips around. And the worst part is, at this point, she wasn't even surprised. Yeah. I was never doing anything productive. She just told me, well, go put your gym shirt on and come back. Really? <laughs> she couldn't even do anything about it. She was, she just, you know, she just resigned the fact, you know. That's awesome. Don't get children. Yeah. I'll just make them laugh. That's awesome. So, so you were kind of the class clown then? Yeah. Kind yeah, of causing clown. a little trouble? Yeah. Not big trouble, just, you know. Making jokes. jokes and yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's stuff that's big enough to get a proper laugh, mm -hmm. but small enough that yeah. you're not going to get in huge trouble. Yeah. Like, I remember there was this, like, really cheesy Akon song that came out when I was in, like, eighth grade, ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And the dare was, well, I should get up and sing it at the assembly. So I did. Full acapella. Great. In the middle of the assembly? In the middle of the it wasn't part of it. I just started singing it at a quiet moment. So pick your moments. Are you serious? <laughs> serious, and I got so many laughs. What's sad is it was still, oh, that was a great moment. It's like, 600 people are laughing at something you are doing right now. Yeah, there's not much more satisfying than that. Oh, so satisfying. The, I find the most satisfying thing is to either make somebody laugh mm -hmm. or make somebody cry. Either and hope, hopefully it's not a sad cry. You know, I don't want to hurt people. So hard they cry. That's even better. Because yeah. those are just such involuntary mm -hmm. experiences. Yeah. You know, when people get snorting because yeah. they're laughing so hard. They or, can't even control their mannerisms. Or, or the people that sound like a donkey because they're breathing in and out. and uh, <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing is more satisfying. Nothing. So, so you had your whole school. What grade was that in? That was eighth grade. Eighth grade? Yeah. And you had your whole school cracking up yeah. at some joke at, you made, at you singing. At me singing. So there's the quiet moment in the assembly, and I started to sing this cheesy, it was that song Lonely by Akon. I don't remember what it was, but it was funny. Will you sing it for me now? Yeah, a little bit. Lonely, I am so lonely, I have nobody for my own. And then he starts rapping. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard the whole song, but I, I've heard the part that you The intro. That you and that's sang. what I sang, just the intro. Yeah. But at that quiet moment, and then you can hear the snickers start, everyone starts laughing, the instant satisfaction. Done. And what, what was the consequence with that? Because that's a... Really? No consequences. Did the teachers just laugh and say, oh, Eric? Yeah, pretty much. Are you serious? It was, it was a good time. Holy cow. Because I think that's the thing. When there's no malicious intent behind... When it's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's upset. Yeah. And as long as it wasn't during, like, the remembrance yeah, day. Yeah, it's not like a moment you know, of silence. You know, when it matters, yeah. right? When it's important. But if it's just a random assembly. 
just a random assembly. I think like uh, they're switching between people coming up to the front. Mm -hmm. So it's like a quiet lull. Did you ever did you ever have an experience though? Because humor humor is hard. It is because you have to get the right moment, and if you yeah, and if you go in at the wrong time, mm -hmm. it's over. It's true. Right? And w were there any experiences that you've had? Because you are a funny guy. Were there any experiences you had where you just butchered it that you can think of? That you just got the timing way wrong and because of that it didn't work out or you hurt somebody's feelings or it just it didn't go at all the way you had hoped? Yeah, so many times. Like... What's great is dark humor or something that's just kind of, you don't expect someone to say. Mm -hmm. I like to use that a lot. And like, I once made this joke about white trash names. Mm -hmm. And somebody was, was their sister trying to pick a baby name. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, just remember, don't give him a white trash name. And he looks over and well, what's a white trash name? And I list off like 20 that I could think of. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like just me and him talking in this room. There's about 10 people in there. I only knew a couple of them. One of the girls had the name. Oh, really? <laughs> I think the exact word was said, well, as long as, you know, it's not any of those names that put an and at the end of it, that's total white trash. Oh, really? <laughs> and then the you... whole room, well, actually, no, the room laughed. She didn't laugh. She Most didn't laugh. the room kind of snickered. Yeah, yeah. Was she... Was she visibly upset by it, or was yeah, she, she just... like, you could see it on her face. Mostly because I think she didn't know me, and I just assaulted her name. Yeah, yeah. I've just called you white trash. It's like, oof. Well, this is awkward. Maybe she took that a little too personally. That's my it's interpretation. Yeah. Is It's not your fault. Yeah, you know, I'm just making a joke. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're white trash. You're probably classier than I You're probably just fine. Yeah, she probably knows what fork to use at a proper dinner. Well, I don't know that. Neither do I. <laughs> like, you just gave me a spoon. Just give me a spoon. I'll eat my steak with that. You know what? If I just mash it up a bit, you go. Tenderize. Put it in my mouth. Slowly slurp it up like spaghetti. Slurp up the steak? Slurp up the steak. So you chew, yeah. slurp, chew, slurp, chew, slurp until it's gone. You know, I'd like to see, see this theory in practice because I'm not sure it goes so well. <laughs> it's hard. you got to practice it. Now, now you're 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 a chef though, yeah. which I mean that ties with, related to steak. That's how I I was. Oh yeah, you're a chef. So that's uh, when when did you start doing that? Did you get any of that enjoyment of cooking while you were in school in junior high and high school? Uh, not really. No. No. Did you ever do home ec at all? Uh, I did it in seventh grade, but yeah, not really. It never really stuck. There. Yeah. But I always enjoyed cooking. It's like my parents got home at like 7 o'clock. Yeah. So I didn't want to wait till then, so I would always make dinner. Yeah. I enjoyed cooking. So went to cooking school, worked in some restaurants. Yeah. Did that for about four years, or cooking school for a couple years. Worked as a chef for about four. It was a good time. Good time. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you were kind of made to enjoy cooking because you had to yeah. do it make your meals and stuff yeah. right and uh and how what what made you decide that you wanted to do that for work honestly it was enjoyable i was like you know what i don't want to sit at a desk doing something i don't like doing mm -hmm. I was like you know what? i like cooking maybe i'll do that as a job 
Yeah, yeah. And how have you enjoyed it? What What's the experience been like? Fucking awesome stories. Yeah? Awesome stories. It's a strange industry. And like, it attracts an odd crowd. Like, a lot of criminals. Yeah. So there's this... So the first restaurant I worked at, I like worked there for about a year. And then I come in one day and all of a sudden I'm the new pastry chef. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, what happened to the other guy? Uh, we had to let him go. What happened? And so we were pretty close to the Olympic Plaza. And so the cook was just his like side job. But he'd take our industrial scales at the end of the night, measure out all his drugs, put them into our bags. And then he'd go sell them, so he'd use all our equipment to sell his stuff. Holy cow. And then, so that was my first kind of introduction to the weird criminal elements of it. Yeah. Then this other place I worked for, was the sketchiest place. Mm-hmm. It was legit just a front. Like, it was owned by gangsters, and it was just a front so they could launder money through it. Yeah. And so, what was weird was the menu and the food was so bad, right? Yeah. And I was like, I was telling them ways they could fix this menu, but they wanted it bad, right? They wanted to deliberately not have people coming through here, which I thought was weird. They paid me just in cash under the table. And it was these two 30-year-old guys, both drove up in BMWs, always had wads of cash. Yeah. And there were always these big, beefy guys just... They were nice guys, but they were these big thugs hanging around all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I got to know them, and they were talking one day about their units. I was like, you guys work at the hospital? What are your units? They're like, no, these are our prison units. The prison lets them out for the day to go to work. They claim they were working at the restaurant. It was just a front, so their boss would send them on jobs. They'd either collect or sell or do whatever happens. Are you serious? Serious. Holy cow. And so the boss was talking one day, if some police ever come by, and I can't remember these guys' names, there's three of them that always hung around. Yeah. These guys work for us. They're cooks. Holy. Dishwashers, just tell them that. Then the sketchiest thing was the hidden room. So you know how most restaurants have walk-in fridges? Yeah. Well, ours had a walk-in freezer behind it, but they had unplugged it. It was just a room. And then they pulled a shelf in front of it to hide the door so you couldn't know it was there. Yeah. And that's where my two bosses would always go. And out of self-preservation, they told me, don't worry about going in there. It's just where we keep administrative stuff, I think was their word. And I was like, no, serious? I'm not going to go back there. I'm, I'm not going to go be the curious. But all I can think is, you know, if the police ever come busting through this door, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sing like a bird. Yeah. I have not held any of these secrets in. Holy cow. That was nuts. What? Is, and that's just common in the cooking world? Well, legit. So the restaurant's not right now, which I won't name because, you know, it'd be awkward. But so I didn't even really think people did cocaine in Calgary. Yeah. Legit, I'm standing there. We're about to clean up for the day. And the guy, and I think he's doing it as a joke. Because he throws this white powder down, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're hilarious. You're throwing some flour down, you're making a line. Yeah. Hardy, har, har. Nope, he snorts it right up. Gets a buzz going, then he's ready to clean up. Wait, he snorted the flour? No, the cocaine. Wait, it was actual cocaine? It was actual cocaine. What the heck? Holy cow. 
Real live cocaine. Never seen it before, but oh my word. What the heck? I know, right? That's insane. <laughs> Worst part is the table wasn't even really clean. He just snorted it off a dirty table? Snorted it off a dirty table. Oh, rough. Man. What the heck? It's a strange industry. Yeah, yeah. And how do you... The first time that you dealt with that, did, did it shock you? A little bit, I won't lie. Yeah. Let's face it, I lived kind of a sheltered life. You knew drugs were out there, but I'd never seen them before. Mm-hmm. Saw a lot of them working in restaurants. Holy. And, and so now it's just kind of a... Side job. It makes money. Like, let's be honest. It's one of those things because restaurants are always looking for more cooks. Yeah. So if you need a job... You come up, say, worked as a chef for these many years, have a cooking school degree, mm-hmm. and you just get the job that day kind of thing. And it's not even so much the fact you work with so many criminals, but you work so many evening shifts, you work holidays. Yeah, like yeah. New Year's yeah. Eve is the biggest night of the year. Yeah, you which, have, you know, it's you have, you, but yeah, you have yeah. weird shifts yeah. as, as a chef. You do, you do. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, just kind of tough. Yeah. I, I've got a, I've got another friend who's a chef, and he, he's had to, you know, work nights yeah. at a hotel, and you just it's do the night shift, nights, and yeah. and uh, and you're working all night and doing prep and stuff as well. Yeah, and it's not like you just come in and do your service. Now you got to be there a few hours early. Yeah. There's that like the job I'm at right now. You got to be there at two, work mm-hmm. till eleven or midnight most nights. So have you? Have you lost a little bit of the enjoyment of cooking by doing it professionally? A little bit, yeah. Like, I mean, you compare, like, what I saw this job as, it's just a job. Yeah. Whereas back when I was, like, fresh-eyed, straight out of school, I was definitely more fun, more excited about it. Yeah. So, I mean, the excitement is gone now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's your job, it's what you do. Yeah, yeah, so it's more, it's more of just a, this is making me money, this is yeah. my job. So do you plan to continue doing that, or is uh, it just kind of a for now? For now, make some money kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so what's, what, what's your plan for the future then? Uh, in September, I go to school at Saints and take film production. Yeah, and you were telling me about that just yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. And so uh, what, where did that come from? Uh, combination of things, honestly. Yeah. Like, I'm, I go to football games a lot. I love football. And so you watch, like, the guys, like, there's constant sound guys. Every camera has two guys on it, and there's 20 cameras around the stadium. Yeah. And up in the booth, there's 10 guys. Because, I mean, there's lots of jobs there, and look what they're doing. They're at a football game working. Yeah, yeah. It is pretty cool. I took a tour of McMahon Stadium, of the media booths and stuff. Oh, yeah. Really cool. Really, really cool the setup they that they have up there and how many people are working yeah. on it that. Takes you by surprise, right? Yeah, and I mean that's a CFL game. Yeah. You look at an NHL game, mm-hmm. um, or like an NFL, or yeah. yeah, it's wild. It's totally wild. So, so that's kind of ideally where you'd like to take it. Yeah, or honestly, having a film studio would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Just get a little more experience and yeah. see see what's out there. See what's out there. See what I like. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, honestly, you sit there, everybody watches till the end of the credits for the Avengers movies, and seeing all the jobs that go by, like, oh, a lot of people are working this thing. Yeah. 
What's a best boy? I could be a best boy. Yeah, yeah. Introduce yourself to you. I'm a best boy on a movie. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. That that would be pretty awesome. So now this is your second time at Sate then because you did cooking at Sate? Yeah. And then, well, actually, I've been to Sate a few times. Oh, really? Yeah. What else have you done there? I did EMR there. Which is? Emergency medical responders. Really? You take your EMR, then your EMT, then your paramedic. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's about a three-month program. Yeah, yeah. And what, what did that entail? What did you learn there? Uh, so you learn a few things. You learn, oh, what was you learn? You learn a lot of splints. learn how to work stretchers. Uh, you do OPA and NPA tubing, so the, the tubing that they put down your nose, your throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, for defibrillators, stretchers. We have a whole class on how to deliver a baby, which was for the mannequins. This thing was so weird because it was cut off like just underneath the chest. Mm-hmm. So it's just legs and belly. Yeah. And But it took two people, right? So one person was the one acting out the scenario. Yeah. Like doing all the stuff to kind of deliver the baby. Yeah. But then it takes another person actually crawling inside the dummy and pushing the baby or the mannequin baby out. Really? Which was weird enough in and of itself, but we were in this classroom that had a big open window. (laughs) So anyone that walked by just sees this weird two pair of legs. Yeah. And a random freaky looking baby coming out. That's so weird. (laughs) That's pretty cool though. So what, and what, why'd you decide to do that? It seemed like an exciting career kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was going to work one day, and there's a big crowd. There's downtown. There's a big crowd of people. And so, you know, yeah. That guy wants to see what's going on. Yeah. And I look over, and there's this guy on the ground. There's blood everywhere. And everyone's just like staring at him. And what struck me was weird. There's like 35 people. No one is really doing anything. So I went over. And flipped him over, and he had had some kind of seizure. Yeah. Unfortunately, he hit the ground, but he had glasses on, which just sliced his face up. Oh, man. But, and it was probably a horrible, horrible day for this man. I found it so exciting. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, so you stop the bleeding, you wait for the ambulance to show up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh so exciting. I want to do that. So this was before you did the EMR training? This was before, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then the paramedics showed up. Yeah. That's what kind of made me think, oh, that might be a cool job. So how did you, how did you decide to be the person to help him? Somebody had to. I was like, no one's doing anything. He's bleeding everywhere. Yeah. And then what was really weird is no one even called 911. Are you serious? I'm serious. I'm like, and so many people were just deer in headlights. Yeah. Which I thought was so strange. And no one would touch him was the other thing, which I found kind of harsh. And I realized not everyone likes blood. Yeah. But, you know, he's down on the ground. Yeah. yeah. So, because I know in some scenarios, you're not supposed to. You yeah. have to look around and see, see is there, was he electrocuted? Yeah. Was, you know. Was there something that caused him to slip? Yeah. But, but you went, went up and checked that he was okay. And so. Yeah. And you just did that because? Because somebody had to. Yeah. Wow. 
Did you have any like CPR training or anything before that? I had done CPR in high school. Yeah. It was long since expired, so if he had sued me, it would have been awkward. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, it wasn't rocket science. Just, like, you roll them over, you look at them, so then you kind of look at them for a second, like, well, he's bleeding from here by foot. And I mean, it's not like I just put my free hand on it. So I had a hoodie in my backpack. Mm -hmm. Just took the hoodie off, put that on, stopped the bleeding that way. Yeah. Now, how, because, okay, so you're in this group of 30-some people yeah. looking at this guy who could be dead mm -hmm. on the ground, who's had a seizure or something, yeah. and, and you walk up and decide that you're the guy to help him. Mm -hmm. Does that have anything to do with how you were raised or how you learned? Because like, that's, I think for a lot of people, obviously a lot of people, don't have that reaction to, well, okay, somebody's got to help him. Let it be me, right? Most people take the, somebody else will do it, yeah. right? There's, there's been studies done where the more people there are around, mm -hmm. the more likely you are to pass by because you think someone, someone else. And I think you're right about that. I think there was too many people. So I think everyone was saying, well, someone will. Because I think that's the problem. Because honestly, I didn't have a valid first aid. Yeah. I probably wasn't the only one there. Yeah. Everyone stops thinks, well, someone who knows what to do will come along. Because I think everyone probably had that feeling of, well, if I put something on there, that'll probably stop them from bleeding. Totally. But I think they're thinking, well, there's someone who would know for sure. Yeah. Not them come up and do it. But nobody came up until. Yeah. And, but the neat thing was, then he came up, flipped him over, I got my hoodie on him, and then people started coming over. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of. It takes one, one person to, to lead the way. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a whole bunch of people started helping him. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, so you just kind of, have you always had that mentality of let it be me, you know? No, actually. Did I it surprise Really? Did it surprise you when it you did that me, then? Actually. Because I just kind of assumed someone else would go do it. Yeah. And I was, so I was only about 20 at the time. Yeah. Another part of me is like, we're, we're the real adults. Mm -hmm. A real adult is going to come and yeah, so, do something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's that's interesting to me that, you know. And that's actually what I found, one that I found it so exciting, but that's what really struck me as weird. It's like, I was the guy. People were looking at me asking what to do. Yeah. Because then people came up and I was asking, well, did anyone call 911? Which I found kind of weird. Like, did it, even that. So. Yeah. But then again, in a group of 30 People say, well, someone must have called. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, somebody else did it. Yeah. I guess it's one of those things. Too many people, then it became a problem. Yeah, yeah. You assume someone else must have called. Yeah. Well, someone must know exactly what to do in this group. So, so you didn't know exactly what to do. No. But you did what you did sort know, of, right? You yeah. figured it Some out and, kind of and helped him out. And so... Do you think, do, are you sometimes the person to just put yourself out there and try something new and yeah, try really something you don't understand? Failure, I guess. Yeah. Like a lot of people I find are afraid to like make a mistake or look bad. Mm -hmm. Like honestly with like restaurants and cooking, a lot of people won't do it unless someone has shown them several times. Mm-hmm. But where 
I'll go through it. I'm like, well, unfortunately, I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. It's always been my mentality. So what makes you different? What makes you not afraid of failure? because I failed a lot let's be real here yeah you do it a few times and you're like well nothing actually changes when you fail yeah it's a new thing so yeah let's try again because I mean it's, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about your comedy acts mm-hmm. you know where you're right. where you just lands. start singing yeah <laughs> right and because uh, that's that's a scary thing mm-hmm. w- would you describe yourself as fearless no what I'm are you afraid of so many things what are you afraid of birds Really? They scare me so much. Why? Something about them just when they come flying at you, like you know the geese by the river. Oh well, okay, geese. Geese are evil. Geese are little gangsters. Yeah. They hang out in packs. Mm-hmm. They're squawking at you. Yep. Oh, how many times I've been embarrassed on the bike path? I'll be like riding along, and then I'll get off my bike or like take a big long detour. Yeah. So there's a pack of geese, and I'm not messing with them. Geese, geese are awful. It's the worst. I've I've turned around on my bike you know because there was a pack of geese standing in the middle of the path. I said, I'm not going down there. It's not worth it. They'll attack me. Yeah, yeah. I know for a fact those little things will attack me. Who's to say you'll live? You know, they, they outnumber me 20 to 1. Yeah. Who's going to come in and save me? Yeah. No one. No one. Geese are awful. No one wants to mess with the geese. Oh, that guy is, he's a goner. He, he's, he's a goner. He's gone. You see it in the news the next day. Another gentleman killed by the Canadian geese gangs in Prince's Island Park. <laughs> like, it's this awful... Like, if I saw someone being attacked by a bunch of geese, mm-hmm. I wouldn't help. But yeah. No, that's not me. Any other situation. Any other situation. Eric is there to save the day. But, but geese? If, <laughs> oh, gosh, golly, no. Not in a million years. I mean, any sensible person. Would know, well, there's nothing I can do. I'm not Superman. Exactly. The, those things are... Those things are vicious. So do you, but are you, you're just afraid of birds in general, though? All birds. Really? Parrots? Oh. The fact that they can talk really freaks me out. Yeah, it is kind of weird, eh? Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's like some sort of Satan creature. <laughs> did, why, does it, why does it say words? Did you have, did you have a weird experience with, with birds? Did you have a specific experience that that fear comes from? A bird did once attack me on a scout hike. Yeah. So I was like eating something and it came right for it. Really? And I remember freaking right out. The worst part was it was like the size of a budgie. Yeah, it's just a little guy. But I freaked out, screamed, oh, it was terrible. Man. So what else what else scares you though? What else scares me? Lots of things scare me. Yeah. Lots of animals, which is the weird thing. Lots of reptiles, snakes, yeah. lizards, hate them. They're kinda of weird, eh? Yeah. I mean and especially for us living in Canada, they're different. It's true, you don't you're not used to them. Yeah. Like, that's the weird thing. You see a bear on the side of the road, you're like, oh, cool. Oh, look, a bear. Yeah, but if a lizard were to come out in the middle of the sidewalk, oh my gosh. Get away, get away. You don't know how fast that thing runs. What if it, it jumps at you? Legs. Gosh, yeah. Golly. Yeah. Woo. That's terrifying. <laughs> I need that in my life. So, so you're just kind of things that are a little bit weird. A little bit weird. I don't yeah. Like yeah. You just like to push your comfort zone just a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't need. Versus people that try to get you to hold one of those things. No. That yeah. will not help the situation. Yeah. If you want to see a grown man soil himself, that's all that's going to happen. <laughs> make me hold this snake. Well, I guess that's, uh, what do they call that? Exposure therapy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Would you go for that? If I, if I bought you exposure therapy? No. You wouldn't? 
You just, you just say, no, I'm afraid of these things, and I'll never not be afraid of them. Yeah, well, it's just who I am. I'm like, so there was this date I went on once. Yeah. And I go to her house, pick her up, and I didn't realize, like, she was really into reptiles. Mm-hmm. Like, not like a little bit, like, has one as a pet, or maybe two. Like, she had about 20. Are you serious? Serious. She had a Holy. whole room. Like yeah. Like, terrarium, or whatever they call them. Yep. And so she answers the door. There's a snake around her neck. Like, it's two whole coils. Yeah. And I'm instantly uncomfortable. I'm not even looking at her. She was a pretty girl, too. Yeah. I didn't look at her once. I stared at the snake. Yeah. And I, she then, you know, wants to show me her stuff. So, i like, all right. Please tell me it's not more of these freaky snakes. It was. Snakes. Yeah. Lizard. You know that big yellow Britney Spears snake? Uh, no. So but... Britney Spears had this, like, video where she takes that this giant yellow snake out it's like it's thick it's long it must weigh like 35 pounds she had one of these snakes oh man and she takes it out of its like these things weren't cages they were like oh and she just takes it out and shows it to me i jump back like three feet in horror only to find out there's a lizard on the floor like a full-size iguana she doesn't keep it in a cage it just wanders free really really I've never been more uncomfortable in my life. Was that date cut short? Oh. It did not. There was no second date. Yeah. I couldn't even really speak while I was there. I was sweaty. I couldn't, like, she was asking me, like, pretty mundane questions. What did you do today? Yeah. I don't even remember my answers. I don't even think they made any sense. I think it was just babble while I tried to get more and more into a corner. That's so funny. And slowly, like, working. We need to go. We need to go. Yeah. And, you know, usually you, like, walk your over a door. No. Because I was afraid she'd ask me back in. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. That's terrible. Oh, what a good experience. That's some weird dates. Yeah. What are what are some other weird, uh, weird date stories? So I went on this one date where it was, like, a kind of less active girl. Like, less active in the church, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, so... So you didn't see her very often at church functions. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually asked me out, which I found weird. Hmm. I was like, oh. Well, you're a nice guy. Yeah, it's like, oh, way to go, Sullivan. Yeah. Look at you. Lady's asking you out. But she invited me to this, like, bar, which had an open mic night for bands. Okay. But it started at, like, 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah. But I didn't want to complain. I was like, oh, the uptight Mormon guy goes to bed at 11. Yeah. So I went down there. And the actual sitting in the bar, even though it smelled like urine and all manner of other crap. So that wasn't actually that bad. But then afterwards, she decided she was kind of hungry. So if we go to Craft Max, I guess it's not there anymore, but that one on 7th Avenue that used to be kind of sketch. It's so just a, is it a 24-hour restaurant? 24-hour uh, uh, convenience store. Oh, okay. And it's got a lot of unsavory characters hanging around it. And it was like 1.30 in the morning, right? Yeah. And so we go down there, and for some reason she wanted candy. But she's filling up on candy, and there's, across the store, there's these two obvious hookers, and they're pimp. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can tell they were... It's kind of that tacky hooker, push-up bra, big long boots. Yeah. 
and you know it's like minus five out, but for some reason you're wearing a mini skirt. But she's staring him down. Like this girl just was not breaking eye contact with the and so then the hooker yells like, what are you looking at? Yeah. And then some sort of expletive. Yeah. Which, you know, freaked me out already, but you know, I was like, alright, we'll just back off. <laughs> nope, she yelled right back. Jeez. It's like something about your ugly face, you stupid Really? And like inferred that she was a lady of the night kind of thing. And then they start chirping at each other a little bit. And then the big scary looking pimp comes over. Remember I just like smack the candy out of her hand. Candy goes everywhere. I grab her by the arm. I'm like apologizing and we just run out of there. There I'm so scared in my life. Oh. And our C train stop was like thirty feet away. No, I made us walk the next six blocks because I did not want to run into those people again. Yeah. It was awkward. Oh. So awkward. What was the conversation like when you left the store? I was like, what, what were you doing? Yeah. And she was laughing. She was like, wasn't that a rush? Yeah. yeah. Stabbed. And then she had such a rush from it. We were like going down the C train line. There's all of like drunks. She's pretending to know them. I was like, let's... Let's just get back So she's just here. having a good time. She's having such a good time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not. I want to go home. I'm not comfortable in this situation. That's awesome. <laughs> Eric, you've had so many uncomfortable situations. You know, my life is just one big uncomfortable situation. Well, I think that's the only way to live a good life, though. It's true. Right? The more uncomfortable situations, the more interesting you become. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, So you've gone from... Just making jokes, making like jokes, yeah, yeah. to to going on dates with snake women and snake. and oh, the snake genre. and and girls yelling at yelling, picking fights yeah. with hookers. Oh man! Oh. Well, you've had uh, quite the life going on. So now that you're you're starting school in September for film yeah. production, and and you hope to hopefully go into sporting events or. Or do movies, movies or whatever, Some, yeah. something cool with it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I think it's cool that you are doing a variety of different things, though. Mm-hmm. That that you're learning different things and you're taking the opportunity to to go to school and try these new things and yeah. and kind of experiment a little bit, I guess, with yeah. with what you can learn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's awesome, man. Um, do you have any any big goals, big dreams, something that you just think would be awesome to accomplish? Uh, and it, you know, big, small, whatever you want to do. You know, I'm pretty content. Yeah? One of those guys, I'm like, you know what? I'm very content with how things are going. Yeah. Nothing really big on the, big on the goals list. Yeah. Just want to live a good life and yeah, learn some school life. stuff. Would you would you go back to school again if you get into film production, do it a little bit, try it a little bit? Honestly, I would. If I like find out, not, no, not for me. Probably yeah. do it again. Do you have other things on the list that you might try? Uh, nursing is yeah. one that I thought about. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, either way, uh, I wish you luck with all of it. Well, thank you, sir. And, uh, and one last word, pomegranate. Pomegranate. <laughs>